Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Welcome back to the 3D Parent Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about encouraging motivation in your kids. Just to cut right to the chase, you cannot place motivation inside your child. This is something that has to develop internally. That's the real kind of motivation that I'm talking about here. Not something that you can do to bribe a child to do something they don't want to do. I'm talking about that internal motivation, that intrinsic motivation that we want to see in our kids. And when we don't see it, it becomes a little bit distressing. That's what I'm talking about here. So while you cannot make your child be motivated, you certainly can do things to try and help your child develop interests, drives, passions, and most of all, motivation. So here are some things that you can put into place to try and create an environment that would encourage and give the kind of the foundation from which internal intrinsic motivation could develop in your kids. First and foremost, be aware of overscheduling your kids. When you have a child who maybe gets up, goes to school, has after-school care or after-school activities, sporting events, speech club, chess club, activity after activity after activity, they're so scheduled, they don't even have a time to kind of develop a passion or an interest. So be aware of overscheduling your kids. Most kids these days are overscheduled. So you need to create space in their schedule to have nothing that is filling it. The next thing you want to do is provide screen-free time. We'll talk about screen-free limits and setting limits around screens more on a future episode. But just in general, just be aware of the fact that Kids who utilize screens excessively, same thing. They don't have an opportunity to kind of have that space to be able to explore their interests and passions. So find times during the day when screens are not an option, where they get turned off. If there's a limit that's been reached, it gets turned off. So they don't have a screen as an answer to what to do with their time. If kids are just constantly passively consuming material on screens, same thing. They don't have the opportunity to actually have that downtime, that rest for their brain to actually become interested in other things that might motivate them that they could become passionate about. So once you have this time in your schedule and the screen is not an option, the next thing that you want to provide is an opportunity for your child to get bored. So that means that, all right, screens aren't an option. They don't have some type of a scheduled activity to go to right now. You can't just always come to the rescue and provide that next thing to do. When your child is bored, they feel frustrated around that feeling. It's uncomfortable for them. Don't jump in right away with a solution. 
what often happens when we do that is every idea that you're going to suggest is going to get shot down. So your own frustration might build alongside your child's if you're sitting there saying, well, how about do this? Why don't you try that? Why don't you play with this toy? Why don't you draw this thing? Why don't you go outside and kick a ball around? The more things that you suggest, the more you're going to hear, no, I don't want to. No, that's boring. No, that doesn't sound fun. It's just basically in that case, you're providing the solution to your child's boredom, which is getting into this cycle of you suggesting things for your child to shoot down. So instead, if your child's saying, I'm bored, I don't have anything to do, don't just rush in and come up with a suggestion. I often have suggested to parents that they say something along the lines of, oh, you're bored? Wow, I can't wait to see what you come up with. That sounds like you're going to have some time now to think about what might be interesting to do. I can't wait to hear what you came up with. So don't just go right into making some suggestions. And like I said, allow your child to feel that discomfort that comes with boredom, with not knowing what to do next. The importance of having this screen-free, under-scheduled downtime where you've not provided a solution is that it's going to lead to play on the other side. Inspiration usually follows boredom. That kind of like when a writer gets to writer's block and they don't know what to do, they end up getting to a spot where they get to this frustration and then they have this blank slate and then they have this aha moment and then inspiration flows following that. We want our children to get to that too. So once they have this kind of time where they've kind of sat in this discomfort of boredom and not knowing what to do next, on the other side of that is an idea comes up. Typically, it looks like play. And I don't just mean for the very young children. Play exists and should exist for kids of all ages. And again, play is another topic that I will go into it much more detail on a future episode, the importance of play and how to make sure that your child has opportunities for play, true play in their lives. But once they get bored, once they kind of sit in that discomfort, they move to play and that play will lead to discovering passions and passions lead to intrinsic motivation that will drive action and accomplishments and self-esteem. So this is really important stuff here. This is not just willy-nilly, oh, take your kid off screens because screens can be addictive. No, this is actually what is going to lead to your child discovering kind of what drives them, what interests them. And that could kind of help them discover their true longing, passions, callings in life way down the road. So provide this opportunity for them to kind of figure out what interests them. That's going to come from play and that time that you're providing for them to kind of see what might be interesting to them. Other things that you can do to create this environment for motivation to blossom, become as parents more tolerant of mess, of noise. That is evidence of creation. So if you see your child kind of struggling and they're bored and the next thing you know, they've gotten all these things together and they're banging them and they're making noise because they've discovered that, oh, I can kind of play on the backs of these pots and pans and create my own little band. Hey, you may have just discovered that your child has an interest in music. So be more tolerant of things that are noisy or messy. And that can be tough some parents who are really type A and like things neat and orderly. Remember that the alternative is a child who doesn't have motivation, who sits there quietly plugged into a device or constantly be, being driven around town to activities to kind of fill up their time. So make yourself more tolerant for mess and noise. Remember that's the evidence that creation is happening. So once you've kind of created the space, it is helpful to introduce creative materials that are open-ended. 
So not necessarily just a toy or something that they can just play with that has like a really kind of obvious way in which you utilize it. I'm talking about open-ended materials. One of the things I did recently was I kind of recreated and reinvented a craft station for my kids. It's the time of year where uh, in Seattle, it gets dark very early. So there's not a lot of time to be outside playing. It's also cold and wet. So we're not doing as much outdoor activity. And I needed to kind of replace that loss of that outdoor time with something else. Now, the first thing is usually too much screens. And then I checked myself and I'm like, okay, my kids are using screens too much and I'm kind of taking advantage of how that keeps them by it and occupied. But obviously I saw all the negative aspects of that real quick. So what I did was I kind of mixed up my kind of area where my kids have to play and I organized creative materials. I made them more obvious and I filled up these little containers with all kinds of open-ended things. They could do whatever they want with popsicle sticks, pipe cleaners, glitter glue, all kinds of things that my kids could kind of create with. I got paper, I got all the supplies out so they could visually see them and that could inspire some creation. Also open-ended toys, things like blocks, things that will allow kids, uh, magnetiles, to kind of like do whatever they want with them. There's not just one way to play with those things. So create and provide creative materials that are open-ended building forts, things like that, where there's not just one way to do things, that their creativity can kind of take over. And you might discover you have a kid who's really interested in building and engineering in other aspects of of creativity, of art, that can come from, again, having the opportunity to have this downtime where kids have to kind of find a solution to their own boredom. Now, if your kid is really stuck, you can help them set some goals, but don't push your kids that will make them want to automatically resist. The kind of general rule of thumb out there is that kids are allergic to coercion. So if you're trying to force motivation by nagging them, threatening them with punishments, or giving them bribes to try and get them to be motivated, you're not actually helping them develop this intrinsic self-motivation, which is really key here. So if you can't bribe, you can't nag your kid, You want to help them discover things that they're passionate about. What can you do? Well, you need to start asking yourself and perhaps your child certain questions. First and foremost, what motivates your child? What interests them? What are things that kind of you see them light up inside? What do they want? Are they motivated by something that they want? A great example of this, my child, my oldest child, she's really into music. And she's really into playing the guitar. And when we first got her a guitar five years ago, it was great for learning, but she's gotten pretty accomplished on her guitar. And she really started kind of wanting a really expensive guitar. And so she decided to set that as a goal for herself. She was really motivated because she knew that it would help her reach kind of that next level in terms of writing music, playing music, her guitar skills. So she kind of was motivated by acquiring this guitar. That's something that she wanted that helped her find motivation to do some other things that she didn't necessarily want to do. And I'm going to go into that more in a little bit. Other questions you can ask yourself that might help your child develop ambition or goals. Question like what can help them think through, gosh, you want this thing, this motivates you, this interests you, you want this thing. How can that help them achieve their goals? What questions can you ask them specific to their goals? And then how can you support them in their plans? So when my daughter decided she wanted this really expensive guitar, she's going to need money for that. How can I support you reaching that goal? 
oh, okay, she needed more opportunities to make money. So she's a great babysitter. I gave her more opportunities to babysit my younger kids. And I got the word out to friends of mine who have kids so that they could start hiring her more for babysitting. That's a great moneymaker for teenagers is babysitting. And then also it kind of helped her kind of check herself when she had this money and she was building up a pretty good sized little stash of money in her bank account. And sometimes she felt this impulse, oh, I want this thing. And then she would catch herself, nope, nope, I have a priority here. And that's the guitar. And so it kind of helped her check herself and keep her eye on the thing that was mostly motivating her. Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. Another very important tip to try and get your child to learn about motivation and develop that intrinsic motivation, lead by example. You parents, you be inspiring. You have projects that you decide that you want to do and you follow through. You model that for your kids or get them involved. The unfun stuff, tackling piles of clutter, the things that like maybe aren't that great to do. Have your child kind of see you kind of work through those mixed feelings. Oh, I don't want to go through and clean off this desk that's just piled with clutter. It feels so big. But you know, when I finish it, it's going to feel so great. And then I'll be able to organize my desk materials. I'll be able to find things easier. So, okay, I'm going to follow through this thing that's not that great. Also, set goals for yourself and pursue your own passions. For me, my greatest passion outside of parenting and the work I do as a parent coach is the performing arts. I'm an artist. I love performing. I love singing. I love acting and dancing. So I do a lot of this as much as I can fit into my schedule as kind of my outlet for inspiration, for motivation. It drives me. Sometimes it fills me up when I'm feeling kind of exhausted and run down by just all I have going on. Knowing that I have a rehearsal to go off to at the end of the day can be something that really helps me kind of make it through the day. Um, I set a, a goal. Oh gosh, I really want to audition for this show. And then my kids see me work towards that goal. They see me rehearse, practice, get ready for my audition, follow through, kind of fight back those nerves. And then they see me sometimes succeed in achieving my goal and getting into that show that I really wanted to be a part of. And on the flip side, they also see me fail. They see me not achieve my goal and not get into the show that I was auditioning for. And they get to see how I kind of pick myself up again, set a new goal, okay? That one didn't work out. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna set this new goal and try out for this other show that I wanna be a part of. And they kind of see that and observe it. My husband, on the other hand, he, he loves the arts, but his passion, what motivates him is things having to do with the outdoors, in particular, kind of those adrenaline involving outdoor activities. He loves mountain climbing. He loves rock climbing. He loves distance running. And I mean, extreme distance running on trails. He loves participating in ultra marathons where he runs 30, 35, sometimes as many as 50 miles at a time in one day. I don't get him. I love him, but that's what motivates him. And my kids and I look at him with and marvel over the fact that he sets these seemingly unattainable goals and he follows through them. He trains, he follows through and he reaches these goals he has for himself in outdoor activities, extreme outdoor activities. And the other thing that's really wonderful is not only have I been setting goals and pursuing passions and my kids have gotten to observe me and my husband doing those The thing that's also been amazing in our household is 
our children have taken up similar interests because they've seen us and they see us follow through. We've kind of given them a little bit of a roadmap of how to achieve those goals. My son also now loves hiking and mountain climbing and doing these more extreme sports. My daughter also, my firstborn daughter, she initially wasn't really an outdoorsy person, but then also she got a little bit more open-minded to trying some of these things out. And she's gone away to a summer camp and has done some long backpacking trips for a week at a time. And she's gotten to feel that sense of accomplishment, having done something really tough in the outdoors. And then in terms of theater and performing arts, my two oldest kids have gotten very involved in theater. And the greatest joy has been actually participating in plays and musicals with my kids. They've been in the same productions. In fact, my son and I are currently rehearsing for a production of A Christmas Story, the musical, and we get to spend that time together, mother and son, uh, doing something we both love, singing, dancing, acting, learning or relearning how to tap dance. And it's wonderful. And we're getting to kind of achieve goals together. Um, my youngest girls are also interested. Now we have a family goal of all being in one production together, all six of us. My husband has done one show before and he wants to do another just so we can kind of achieve this goal as a family. So when you kind of do goal setting as a family, that's a great way for a child to kind of see how does one do that? How does one set a goal? How do you go towards working towards that goal and how do you achieve it? And they kind of see how you can go through that whole process of motivation together, either by observing you doing it or doing it together. Okay, so that's all talking about motivation when you're talking about helping your child find the space and the time to develop interests and passions that they can set goals for themselves. So what about motivating your kids to do things that they're not passionate about, that are not fun, things like chores, things like cleaning up their rooms, things that are like, you know, just not fun tasks. Some kids, there's a rare breed of kid who loves doing those tasks. They'll even want to help you organize or clean up your room. They love doing those chores. But a lot of kids don't love those types of activities. So how do you inspire motivation for those things? Well, one thing you can do is you can let your child face natural consequences of not making choices to keep up with chores. So for example, it's 100% the responsibility of my older two kids, ages 15 and 12, to keep their room picked up and tidy and cleaned, um, everything down from picking up after themselves to vacuuming to wiping down counters and so on. It's also 100% their responsibility to do all of their own laundry. So they have had to experience some times when they have not kept up with their room and that room has turned into a complete disaster zone. They've also gone through experiencing letting the laundry get beyond them and not following through, not doing laundry on their day, and then having the laundry pile pile up to what seems insurmountable or not having clean clothes or the favorite shirt washed that they want to wear or need to wear for a particular day. So they've gotten to kind of experience kind of that natural consequence of not following through with these tasks so that that sometimes can be a motivation to be like, okay, I'm not going to let that happen again. They finally get the room pulled back together. They finally get through that laundry pile. I'm not going to do that again. I remember how uncomfortable that was. I remember I didn't like that. So sometimes experiencing that natural consequence can lead to future motivation not to repeat that mistake. It's also okay to encourage your child to set up their own incentive to help them do something that they are not naturally motivated to do. I do this myself. And so I talk my kids through that. Like I said, I'm naturally not a person who is super neat and tidy. I love neat and tidy spaces. I admire them, but it's just not something I'm really skilled at doing. I've got a lot going on in my life and keeping neat 
perfectly clean household with six people living in them is just not super high on my priority list. But I also don't want to live in a pigsty. And I also don't want to be embarrassed when people stop by about the state of my home. So sometimes I set little goals for myself or motivate myself. Okay, I'm going to tackle this pile of clutter. And then afterwards, I'm going to do something I'm looking forward to. I'm going to sign myself for a yoga class. I'm going to spend the next hour just focusing head on on tackling this thing I don't want to do. And then I'll get to do that fun thing on the end. Or I'm going to clear off this clutter on my desk. And then I can go to someplace I love going, maybe Michael's. And I'm going to get some new things to help keep my desk better organized in the future. So I set my little goals to motivate myself to do things on the other side of that tough task. So you can encourage your kids to do the same thing. Okay, I get it. You don't want to clean up your room. What's something you want to do? Let's save that for the other side of accomplishing that task so that you can kind of work towards that. And that could be your little reward for doing something that wasn't fun to do. That's fine. That's different than you saying, if you don't do this, I'm going to take away this, or I'll give you this thing. If you do it, that's you're providing it. You're teaching your child, like setting a goal and motivating yourself. If they're setting it themselves, that's fine. I do that too. It can be really helpful to give yourself that little carrot to look forward to that something on the other side. Another strategy is you can help your child envision what it will feel like when they accomplish that tough task. What will that feel like? You can help them envision it. I know your room is a pigsty and it feels like so much to do right now, but how's that going to feel when your room is clean and organized? How's that going to feel? People sometimes don't recognize, kids especially don't recognize that if they're living in kind of a messy room, messy environment, how much that can affect them emotionally, it can give rise to anxiety and this feeling of kind of agitation that can kind of make them feel overwhelmed. And they don't really necessarily recognize until the room is cleaned up and tidy and they're in this clean environment. Wow, this feels so good. So maybe helping them embrace what will it feel like, envision what will it be like when this finishes can help motivate. And again, if your child is really stuck on a really tough task, it's okay to offer yourself as a resource to help them get started. Um, When your child has kind of gotten, like there's a huge mountain from which they have to climb down, a really big problem. Okay, you've got all this laundry to do. You let it get away from you. How about this? I'll help you sort it into the different piles, your lights, your darks, your delicates, whatever. I'll help you get it sorted to get you started and then you could follow through. So it's okay to offer yourself as a solution to kind of help them get past kind of like where they feel really, really stuck. So I hope this has helped you kind of think through motivation in your kids, both how to kind of encourage intrinsic motivation and also how to help your child when they don't feel motivated to do something that's maybe not fun. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at the 3D parent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on the 3D parent podcast.